Hi, welcome to Positively Positive. If you're new here, I go by Sam and I have genital herpes, HSV2. Today we're talking about transmission, the two things herpes needs to infect and the two times this can happen, as well as prevention, how to lower the risk of that happening. Let's talk about herpes, baby. Okay, so first things first, herpes is spread by skin-to-skin contact. Now before you come for me and say, I got herpes from a towel or I got it from sharing a smoke from a silent carrier with no symptoms. Okay, first of all, you most likely absolutely did not. The chances of that are so incredibly low it's insane. Herpes simplex virus needs human skin cells to stay alive. There have been some studies that show the virus can remain on surfaces for as long as half an hour or even up to a few hours, but just because it's there does not mean it can infect. Without a skin cell, it can't reproduce or infect. It's just chillin' until it dies, which is very quickly. Now, would I actively share a smoke with someone who has an active cold sore? No, because that is when the virus is most active and most contagious during an outbreak. So now that that's out of the way, please do not worry that you're some contagious monster and every object you touch is damned. It's not. That's not how this works. In order to have a productive conversation, we need to let that go and start talking about the real ways it's passed and the real ways to prevent it. So, herpes needs two things to infect. It needs skin-to-skin contact with an infected area and an entrance point to the body. An entrance point means an open cut or wound, however small, or a mucous membrane. Mucous membranes are areas such as the vagina, penis, lips, eyes, and nose. So contact and an entrance point. Herpes is spread at two different times. The first and most obvious is during an active outbreak. This means the person with HSV is currently experiencing symptoms such as sores, blisters, bumps, and or rash, etc. And that outbreak comes into direct skin contact with another person's entrance point. The second time herpes spreads is how I got it. Oh, lovely how so many of us got it. And that, my friends, that is called asymptomatic shedding. This means the person carrying the virus is not showing any symptoms, but the virus has come out of its hiding place in the nerve ganglia where it lives and traveled to the surface of the skin and is looking for a new mama. There's no way to tell for sure if you are experiencing asymptomatic shedding because that means no symptoms, no signs. Some people say they get tingly or sensitive and they know the virus is active at that point, even though there's no outbreak, so they avoid sexual contact during that time. But for most of us, and even for them, especially people who have never experienced symptoms, aka 80% of all HSV carriers, there's no way to tell if we're shedding the virus. Fun, right? This is why it's so easily spread. Good old asymptomatic shedding. Now that we get how and why the virus spreads, let's talk about not letting that happen. 
Just kidding. Lols, there's no way you can ever 100% prevent the transmission of herpes and you should accept that cold hard press fact right now. But you can greatly reduce the chances. So we have three things to talk about. Number one, do not have sex while experiencing a genital outbreak. Do not kiss when experiencing an oral outbreak. This is when the virus is most active and most definitely reproducing on the skin, looking for new people to nestle inside. Active outbreak, no contact, okay? Great. So there are tons of fun acts to do with other areas of your body that don't need to involve the area with an outbreak. Get creative, get saucy, okay? Highly encourage it. Number two, protection. Condoms are great. Condoms are our friend. I got genital herpes the first time I didn't use a condom in over five years. I'm not bad. <laughs> I use humor as a coping mechanism. Dental dams are an option if your female partner has genital herpes. If I'm being completely honest, I'm not using dental dams, but I do recommend you look into it. Dental dams are female condoms used to receive oral sex, and it's my personal preference that I wouldn't be with anyone who wasn't down to go down on me. So yeah, just whatever you and your partner are comfortable with. Now, since we know that herpes is spread by skin contact, I need to say this loud and clear for the people in the back. Protection, condoms, dental dams, whatever you're using, does not eliminate the risk of herpes transmission. No condom or any other barrier covers the whole area or all the skin where transmission could possibly occur. Protection significantly lowers the risk, but it does not lower it to 0%. Personally, because of where my outbreaks occur up inside my inner labia, I'm pretty confident I won't transmit with a condom. I had had sex with the person who gave it to me previously with protection and I was fine before we went raw. <laughs> that is graphic, but hey, anything goes on a herpes podcast. Now, I say confident, I don't say positive. I know the risks, and I will always make sure my partner does too. Suppression therapy is number three. So this is when you take antivirals daily, even if you don't experience regular outbreaks. This is most likely going to be valacyclovir, brand name Valtrex, or acyclovir. These are the two antiviral medications most commonly prescribed for herpes. Taking it daily reduces the risk of transmission significantly. Dosage is different for everyone and is definitely something to discuss with your doctor should you choose this path for your own comfort and reassurance. If your doctor is uneducated on the topic, unfortunately, a great many are. Find a new doctor. You don't owe them loyalty if they won't work with you on this, if they won't answer your questions because they don't know the answer. Um, yeah, get a new doctor. Personally, I choose to not be on antiviral medication daily. It's a personal medical choice that I'm making right now because I'm trying to stay as natural as possible 
and I do not experience regular outbreaks, so I don't feel it's something that I need right now. I definitely have some on hand should I ever get another bad outbreak. So, you don't have sex on outbreaks, you use protection, and you take daily meds. This is the most you can do to prevent herpes transmission, and it will make it extremely unlikely that you pass it on to your partner. But, unfortunately, there is nothing to make it an absolute 0% chance. A partner either accepts that or they don't, assuming you told them. Please, for the love of God, tell them. I didn't get to choose to take that chance or not, and no one deserves that. It is my opinion, warning, opinion coming up. It's my opinion that if you know you carry the virus and you do not tell a sexual partner that you do, it is not truly consensual sex. The person I got it from did not know he carried it and did not know he'd never been tested properly. So that's a different story and I don't hold anything against him. Which brings up another topic that you can go and listen to a whole episode on. Testing! You know your status. Does your partner know theirs? Even if they say they do, it's not included when you ask to be tested for everything. So most people truly don't know their HSV status. Because it is not routinely tested for. So, in summary... Herpes needs skin contact and an entrance point, and you can lower the risk with no sex on outbreaks, protection, and suppression therapy. That's all for this episode of Positively Positive, and I would like to leave you with something awesome that I learned recently, and that is that cows have best friends. <laughs> they bond with each other and are happier and smarter when they're around each other, and that is the cutest thing I have heard all week. Thanks for listening. Share this link with anyone you think would help, leave five-star reviews, and follow me on Instagram at Positively Positive Podcast. Check out the website, PositivelyPositivePodcast.com, for resources, tools, videos, and lots of amazing HSV content. If I've helped you and you'd like to say thanks, visit the support page for options, buy me a coffee, join the Patreon, or get yourself a Positively Positive sticker. If you just want to say hi, email me at PositivelyPositivePodcast at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail on Anchor. I'm out here, okay? I keep my real name private for now, but keep listening because that changes and it will always be me reading all your messages. You are not alone. I'm living positively positive and you can too.